2: Four seven four six. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message.
3: Bible's up. Let's make our confession of faith together i am blessed because the life-giving message i'm about to hear will change what i do in jesus name amen god we are open and ready to receive from you let your word come forth answer every prayer give direction give correction give us protection god make it clear that you we are not here by accident make it clear that we are not here by coincidence make it clear that you have a plan for our life how do we know that because we still have a pulse and if we still have a pulse then you still have a plan and for that we say thank you in jesus name can you give him one more praise before we get into the word what if i told you that this praise was going to take down some enemies in your Thursday. Go. Yay. And the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20, and when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushes against them. That's why I have you praise him so much. Your warfare won't be that hard if you'll praise him. Your struggle won't be that difficult if you'll praise him. Hallelujah. Grab a seat. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. See, for some of you, watch me, it's so difficult to get you to praise, which is why your warfare is always so tough. Because what was your praise was supposed to knock out, you have to deal with yourself. But I think there's a few of us in this building and online that learned a long time ago, watch me, that, that I will not withhold from God what I owe him. But an added benefit is that when I praise him, He slays my enemies. When I praise him, he sends ambushes against what was coming against me. Hallelujah. Let's go to work, guys. So our series is called what? The Kingdom in You. We've been learning what Jesus gives us after we give our lives to him. And Luke 12, 32 Amplified says this. Do not be afraid and anxious. Those are commandments. Jesus commands you not to be afraid so every time you walk in fear watch me what you are literally doing is you are trying to be God I'll say it again every time you walk in fear you are literally trying to put yourself on the throne and be God because can I be honest with you what is being scared about it gonna change it Can I go further? Look at this. He says, don't be afraid and anxious. What is worrying about it going to do to change it? See, I need you in this second half to say, I will not walk in fear and I will not watch me worry. Why? Worry won't change it and being scared of it ain't going to change it. I can walk up on this microphone and worrying about it ain't going to stop it from being a mic. And fearing it ain't going to stop it from being a mite, which means if it's there, I'm here, I might as well take over. I wish I had a few of y'all that would make that confession and say, I will not walk in fear, nor anxiety. I rebuke your fear about your finances. I rebuke your fear about your family. I rebuke your fear about how your life is going to turn out. Baby, it's about to turn for your good. He he said, do not be afraid and do not be anxious, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure. God says, I enjoy giving you what? The kingdom. And what is the kingdom? Excuse me, where is the kingdom? Luke 17, 21. For indeed, the kingdom of God is where? Come on, say it. In me. So the kingdom, what have I taught you? It's not a place. It's in a people. And we are that people three basic components to the kingdom number one becoming who God says we are and possessing what God says we can here's what I need you to see becoming is perpetual so you will never get to a stage in life where God says okay good you've arrived because the moment you arrive then it's time to die there's no longer a need for you in the earth if there's no longer any evolution for you to produce Which means I need you to embrace the fact that part of the kingdom is your process. Come on. And and watch me. And stop waiting on your process to be over before you celebrate your progress. I need you to learn how to make one step and celebrate the one step that you made. It may not be a big step, but baby, it was a step. Who in here can celebrate the fact that you can see that you've been making some progress in your... You've been making progress i and i will not wait until i'm done with it i'm gonna shout over the fact that i got one maybe your credit isn't all the way where you want it to be but one of them bills got paid off you but be, you better shout you maybe your body's not the way you want it to be but you've been faithful to the gym you better elbow somebody say i can celebrate progress I, Maybe your marriage isn't where you want it to be, but y'all don't cuss each other out like you used to. You better celebrate some progress. If you cannot celebrate progress, no wonder you don't see much. Come on, say, I will celebrate my progress. Becoming who God says we are. Now listen, who he says you are and who you think you are are two different things. Now, this is important to understand, because since he's working on you, you don't see what he's working you into. But what he's working you into is who he ordained for you to be, which is always different than who you think you're supposed to be. See, watch me. I need you to destroy what you thought it was going to be. Why? Because since you are captivated by what you thought it was going to be, you are missing the beauty of what he's making it. I'm going to back that thing up and say it again. You are not celebrating what it is because you have this image in your mind. By this age, I'm going to do this. By this time, I'm going to do this. By this time, I'm going to do that. And God says, okay, but, but that's what you want. And watch me, you didn't make you, I made you. So since I'm working on you, you can't see what I'm working you into. But watch me, but if you'll be faithful what I'm working you into, he that has begun a good work in me shall complete it. Shall con- God ain't going to leave you half done. He's not going to leave you incomplete. He's not going to leave you lacking anything. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. All is well. Becoming who God says we are and possessing. This is not enough to become. There's something you need to possess. And this is bigger than just material things. Because you can have money and be crazy. So you need to have, watch me, you need to possess your right mind. All right, look at this. Then it's God's MO. That's his modus operandi. That's how God does what he does. And sometimes what's right to you is wrong to God. We t- we've been, I've been showing you scriptures every week in our summer series because we've been in, it in June and July uh, that illustrate that point. God says, I do things different. I move different. I talk different. I walk different. God is like, I'm doing something different, which means if you compare your life to somebody who doesn't know him, you will think, watch me, that you're the fake you won't even realize that you're the real thing because you watch me you're doing it according to his way of doing it and watch me and the fake thing is doing it according to their way of doing it let me see if i can say it another way you're doing it god's way they're doing it the world's way and you can't even recognize the real from the faith i need somebody that knows you the real thing because you're choosing to do it god's way you could be oh god i want to say something you could be out there dropping it like it's hot but that ain't god's way that's the You could be out there cheating, but that ain't God's way. That's, say, I'll do it God's way. It's how he does things, and he does all things well. So so God is not sloppy. He's not trifling. He he is not not half-hearted. Everything he does, he does well. And then third and finally, it's heaven's attributes in the earth. And I've taught you that. You should know that by now. The Three words, righteousness. Peace, joy. Say them. Online, you type it in the building. Y'all say it. Go. Okay, so this is really practical. Because sometimes when you think of the kingdom, it can seem overwhelming if you don't make it practical. This is very practical. And I've been teaching you this each week. And I taught you this. You were born to manifest his kingdom in the earth. This is what you were born to do. Look at me. You were not born born to pay bills and die. You were not born to just have kids and die. Bishop, how do you know that? Because if that's all you were sent to do, then after you did it, there's no longer need for you to be on the earth so you could have died at that point. He would not keep you alive. Can I take you like I want to? Job says that your days are numbered. Watch me. Every birthday you count up, but can I be honest? Heaven counts down. Heaven says this is the amount of time that we have given them to do what they need to do in the earth. Watch me. And they are supposed to get the job done in that time, which means, watch me, watch me, even though you're counting up on your birthday, heaven is counting down. So since heaven is counting down, God says, if I have kept you alive, that means you have not arrived, nor are you done. Let me tell you why corona couldn't take you out. It wasn't your number. You're not done. Let me tell you why cancer couldn't kill you. It's not your number. You're not done. I need those of us that have ever been close to the edge of death, ever been close to the edge of not being alive, to give God glory. Why? That him keeping you was proof that he's not done with you. Come on, elbow somebody say he's not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. He's not he's not he could have left you to yourself he he could have let you self destruct he could have let you slit your wrist he could have let that accident kill you because when you look at the aftermath there's no explaining why you're still here but watch me when death tried to snatch you up heaven stepped in and said oh no oh no she's not done he's not done. Lay your hands on yourself say, you're not done. I need you to talk to me with some aggressiveness, please. Lay your hands on yourself say, I'm not done. So there we go. Revelation 5.10 says this, that he has made us to be kings and priests. So this is who he's Making you into. So as you're becoming, uh, these are two traits of who you're becoming. You're becoming a king and a priest. That means you are spiritual and successful. Uh, well, I say this is so important because it is not a choice. I don't have to choose between doing well and worship. I do not have to choose between business, watch me, and being a blessing. There there is not a choice there. You are supposed to be both of them. This concept of a king and a priest emanates from Genesis. Let me teach you. There's a man named Melchizedek. Melchizedek was the king of Salem. Salem was the first version of Jerusalem. Uh, It means the city of peace. Come on. He was the king of Shalom. Mm nothing miss him nothing broken him nothing lacking all is well which means peace has to be presided over cuz life is going to try to shake you life is going to try to rock you and you got to learn how to say watch me what's going on around me may not be peaceful but watch me because I'm a king I'm presiding over my peace you ain't going to worry me I'm not chasing your trifling ha- I, 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 oh. I need you to stop running after what don't want to be ran after. I... So he's the king of Salem, Melchizedek. Melchizedek. He's the king of Salem, and the Bible says he's the high priest of God. This is where, watch me, to Melchizedek, the first tithe we see. Abraham tithes to Melchizedek. He's a king and a priest, and one man, he had two realms. Check this out. Check this out. So when the Bible says he's made us kings and priests, God is saying, listen, in you, there are two realms to you, which means you know how to handle stuff in the spirit and you know how to handle stuff naturally. If you grew up in church, sometimes you saw people who were really good at spiritual stuff, but when it came to natural stuff, watch me, they mastered priesthood, but never mastered being a king. Then you see some people who they mastered being a king, but they never mastered anything spiritual. What I'm so glad about what's happening in your life is you're both of them. Watch me, you can go outside in your pantsuit tomorrow and walk in that boardroom and negotiate a deal and get the best terms of your life. And then on a Wednesday night, you can be running in the building. Right? You, you can negotiate on Friday and make it happen and then come on here on Sunday and say, leap, 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 leap. I need those of us that are kings and priests to worship God for five seconds right there. Go, five, go, four, three, both of them. Two, both of them. One, Holla, I'm a king and a priest. So look at this, Revelation 11 and 15. The kingdoms of this world. Revelation those of you who sometimes when you look at the book of revelation you think of it as being the end of the world let me go ahead and relieve you of the pressure of misinformation yes. revelation does not mean the ending watch me revelation comes from a greek word apocalypto where we get our word apocalypse which means the uncovering see watch me this watch me this my phone is covered right now Revelation says, well, we have to uncover it so that we can see what it really is. Uh, You'll catch it in a second. So that's why it's called the revelation of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's saying, I want to show you just how God has got this thing so good for his people that his people ought not worry. I, so it's not about the ending, it is about the uncovering of. So in Revelation 11:15, it says the kingdoms of this world, what are those kingdoms? There's seven of them, arts and entertainment, business, church or spirituality, family, education, government, and media. Watch me. Those seven kingdoms, notice how many are there? Seven. Seven. Biblical number of completions. This is why the scripture says the earth is the Lord's. Well, what does that mean? All of these are. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It says these seven kingdoms have become. Now, watch me. What did I tell you Revelation means? To uncover. Notice have become. It didn't say they're about to be. It didn't say they will become. It's it's saying they have become. Okay, 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 okay. It says the, the angel announced. Watch me. Angel means messenger. The angel announced that the kingdoms have become. Check this out. God says, I need to teach you the kingdom to uncover to you what's already yours. I ain't playing with y'all. I ain't playing with y'all. Watch me. It's not getting ready to happen. Watch me. Somebody say, he already did it. What's getting ready to happen is you're about to uncover what he already What's getting ready to happen is you're about to uncover what he's already done. But he's not about to do it. You're about to see what he's already done. It's already there. It's already there. It says it's already there. Right, give, me some, give me a sheet or something. It's, it's already there. It's already there. So, so look at this. They have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his what? Christ. Come on. It's on the screen. It's open book test. And of his. Now, I've taught you Christ is not Jesus. Last name. Christ is a title. Comes from the Greek word Christos. I give you that for my note takers because I know some of you like to take notes. Some of you, you just like to go back and watch it again and say I. Right. So, so, So watch me. Watch me. The job of a shepherd is to serve the food to make sure that everybody gets full. So, so watch me. It says, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord. Cover this up, please. The kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Christ means the anointed one, his anointing, his anointed. And I've taught you over the last several messages that you are his anointed. What does this mean? Anointing is a, is a wonderful biblical word that means to smear one with oil. But watch me. To smear one with oil, you first have to go through a process. That process requires you to crush an olive so that the olive becomes something new. See, olive oil, olive oil, watch me. Olive oil is nothing more than an olive that was able to, watch me, evolve. And it was forced to evolve by being crushed. Can I tell some of y'all? The reason you're as good as you are now is not because of your great days. It's because you had to go through some. I pray you ain't sitting next to somebody that ain't been crushed yet. If you know you've gone through a crushing, I just need you to give God a shout right there. Baby, I've been crushed. You had your dreams crushed. You had your hopes crushed. What you were praying for was crushed. What you thought your life would be, it was crushed. So now, after a crushing, what did I teach you earlier in the series, the law of motion? Nothing, an object at rest remains at rest unless acted upon by an external force. You won't change until you're provoked. You will not change until you're crushed. What if I told you they needed to hurt you? What if I told you they needed to betray you? What if I told you that you needed to lose it? What if I told you that you needed to feel lonely? What if I told you that you needed to feel defeated? Listen, what do you mean I needed that? Because it was in that question that all of a sudden something on the inside of you started... You wouldn't even be here tonight had you not been... You wouldn't pray like you do. You wouldn't worship like you do. You wouldn't serve like you do. You wouldn't give like you do unless you had been crushed. And the oil, watch me, isn't failure. Oh my God. The oil is a reward. Pay attention. The oil, to get olive oil, the anointing oil, Isaiah 12, you have to crush an olive. An olive, watch me, in one form is less valuable than after it's crushed. Once it's crushed, watch me, it's not punishment to become oil. It's promotion. I'm going to toss this stool in the whole middle section. It's not punishment to become oil. It's promotion to become oil. Why? Because I proved I could survive what was meant to kill me, but instead it made me liquid. It took me from being solid into being liquid. You'll catch it in a minute. In other words, I couldn't get to certain places when I was solid. But, But since I'm liquid, I can get to. You got access to new places now. Why? Because you were crushed and you changed forms. Let's go. Let's go. They have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his what? Christ. Say, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Say it with some authority. Say, that's me. Yeah, that's me. No, 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 watch me. So, so, watch, so, watch me. So, what I'm doing in this series is. <sighs> Come cover it back up. Come back. it back Come it. What I'm doing in this series, see, it's been there. It's been in you. It's been in you the whole time. It's been in you the whole time. Watch me. But you needed somebody to unlock it. You needed somebody to unveil it. You needed somebody to confirm to you that you're not crazy for wanting to do well you needed somebody to confirm for you that you're not crazy for not wanting to be like the rest of your kinfolk that you're not crazy for wanting to be like average people I need you to open your mouth and say I'm a king and a priest say and on top of that I'm anointed don't play with me touch not my anointing do my prophet know her baby I got an oil on me the- you don't know that Watch, watch. When a king was enthroned, that's what it's called, enthroned. When a king was enthroned, oh my God. I'm going to explain for some of you why it, it's, it's brutal. Because while there's lots of things that are beautiful, there's some things that are currently brutal. i explain to you. Let me explain something to you. Here goes. When a king was enthroned, That king had to be anointed by the man of God. They didn't just walk up, I'm going to be the king, read your Bible. They had to be anointed by a man of God that gave them, watch me, permission to sit in the seat of authority. So even though they were anointed because they were crushed and survived, they still needed a man of God to smear it on them to say, now you have the authority and the approval to take your seat. My goal during this series has been to smear you, and on Friday Night Fire I'm gonna smear everybody. I ain't doing it tonight. But I'm gonna do it on next Friday. Smear everybody, why? So that you can take your seat of authority. Say I'm a king and a priest. Now look at the screen. It says, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. So they become his and... It's it's real simple. They become his and... Okay, one more time. They become... You are in one of these areas already, and hear me, you're supposed to rule, you're supposed to reign, you're supposed to conquer, and you're supposed to subdue. Say rule. Rule Rule means this, because notice, actually go back to the scripture, I want you to see the end. And he shall reign, how long? Well, who does he reign through? Us. I'm just waiting on the Lord to do something. He's waiting on you. God, when is my change going to come? When you, when you realize you are to change? To everybody in here, because watch me. I, I know church people. so here's a, it, it, Church people like to say church stuff. Just, just seeking God. For what? I'm just waiting on the Lord. To do what? You know, we just, it's God's timing. Let me tell you, that's an excuse for not, for being fearful. Oh, I'm coming to get you tonight. You should have said something to me right now. It's all in God's timing. What have you been doing in the meantime? Watch me. He reigns through what? Us. And I say it to you often because it is the essence of who God made us to be and sent us to do. We're to rule. Rule means to have authority, not necessarily position. So in these seven areas, you're supposed to have authority. Can I let you in on something? Here's how much authority you have. that that people on your job will come to you before they go to the boss. I got one. Why? Because while you don't have position, you do have authority. When people see you, they'll get out of your way. Why? Because they can recognize there's an authority that you have. And they, watch me. What, that's why they change how they talk when they come around you. You ever seen people when they get around you? Let me, let me, why, 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 why? Stop saying, "Oh no, we cool." Say la, 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 instead, say that shows just how much authority I have. That you will begin to change how you act, change how you talk, change how you walk because you came around a king. And when you come around a king, don't bring me no tricks. <laughs> tricks are for kids. I- we're to have authority. Authority means I, I don't have. Posi- I may not necessarily have position, but I have authority. I can speak to a certain thing. Can I teach you something real fast tonight? Because this is Wednesday. I wrote it into my Sunday message, but I just really want to say it. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Come on. If I can get y'all to worship for five seconds, I'm about to drop something on you. Go. Five, four. Come on. Three. Why am I worshiping? You're about to pull a word out. You're about to pull a word out. You're about to pull a word out. So check this out. In Acts chapter 14, in Acts chapter 14, Paul is stoned to death. They stone him. The Bible says that the city was, he was in, it looked like he was dead. So much so, they dragged him out the city. Because they didn't want a corpse in their city. Then the Bible says some believers got around him. And when they got, see, this is why I have you touch your neighbor. Because somebody may have stoned you before you got in here. And all you needed to do is get around some other people. All you needed to do is chat with some other people and stream with some other people. Because the Bible says when the believers got around him, that Paul got up. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's dead. But he wasn't done. So much so that when he stands before the Lord, the Lord says, go back. You're not done yet. This is why death won't even have you now. Because you're not done. Even when you wanted to end your own life, you couldn't do it. Because you're not done. So watch. So that second, that, that, that's Acts chapter 14. I pray you ain't sitting next to somebody that's cold. If so, do this little here. You ain't got to do that. We don't do all that. But if you want to do that, you're always going to do that. Just get up and go sit somewhere else. Because watch me, because what I'm about to release for you, p- please understand, you're about to understand your story. So in Acts chapter 14, they stone him to death. He is dragged outside of the city. Some believers get around him. The Bible says that he gets up and he goes back into the city. Watch me. To the same people that stoned him, God says, I want them to see you walking. I don't want them marks to think they got you. I want them to see. Whoop, I want them to see you up. I want them to see you walking. Up. Elbow, somebody say he wants them to see it. He wa- That's why they don't like much, but they looking. They might not click that they love it, but they looking. Why? God says you're gonna see that even after you tried to stone them to death. They got back and you got back. So watch me. That's Acts chapter what? 14. Watch me. Paul's next phase of life and ministry was his greatest phase of life and ministry. Watch me. Paul in 2 Corinthians, he begins to tell what happened. Paul talks about it in the third person because he's trying to keep this humility and demonstrate it to the Corinthians. You ever been telling somebody something but you didn't want them to think you were trying to be arrogant so you cloaked it and like, uh, you know, I know somebody who, and that somebody is you. That's what Paul was doing. Paul says, I knew a man. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. He says, but this man was caught up to the third heaven. The third heaven is where God dwells. That's where his throne is. You ready for this? Now, now check this out. Check this out. Um, he says this. He says, I knew a man, uh, whether in the body or out of body, I don't know, but he was caught up you know, to the third heaven, and, 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 and the things that he saw, he can't even utter. You ready? So then in Acts chapter 19, if y'all don't shout off of this, open that door, get my car, and I'm going. Right, you understand? All right, because all right, if they can't shout off of this, y'all can sing some songs, okay? You ready? In Acts 19, there are some people trying to mimic what they saw Paul do. They're called the sons of Sceva. And they go up to this demon-possessed man and they try to exercise. They try to cast the spirits out of this demon-possessed man. And watch the demon's response. Paul we know. Jesus we know. Who are you? You're missing the best part. They didn't say Jesus first. They said Paul first. Now, now, stay with me. Stay with me. How do they know Paul? How do they know Paul? Because when they stoned Paul to death and threw him out the city, he goes to the third heaven. He's in the presence of God and God introduces Paul to every evil spirit and said, I want to introduce you to a survivor. I want to introduce you to a world changer, a history maker. You can't touch him. You can't touch him. You can't touch him. If you don't open up your mouth, say, I can't be touched. Watch, 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 watch. The demons, Spirits that were introduced to Paul. I'll teach you in more in depth on Sunday. But Paul, pay attention. What stoned him is what activated. God, he, he sees this. He's in the third heaven. He's in the, thro- he's in the throne area of God. And God says, I want all of you spirits... I want you to meet him i want to introduce you to paul because when he says flee you will obey (laughs) and guess what happened in acts 19 paul couldn't lay hands on everybody but he'd wipe his face and throw his handkerchief on people and his handkerchief would heal people somebody say i have authority but pay attention pay attention they stoned him to death in 14. In 19, his handkerchiefs are healing people. It, watch, watch me. He's a, a young man named Eutychus falls out of a window and dies. And Paul looks at the young man, brings the young man back from death. Well, Paul, how did you get authority over death? I beat it. Let's go, let's go. I'm not playing with you. Open up your mouth, say, I'm so glad that I beat it. That's why I have authority. Whatever you beat, you've got authority over. Whatever you survived, you've got authority over. Pay attention. They stoned him to death. See, some of y'all are mad that God let them stone you. You were mad that he let them lie on you. You were mad that you went to that dark place. But had you not went there, you would not have authority. You would not be able to rule. Paul wasn't a doctor, but he could heal. He didn't have position, but he had authority. In Acts 28, I'll teach it to you on Sunday. I just had to go here. This thing was so good to me yesterday. I ran around my house. I said, I could just run down the street. I said, in Acts 28, Paul is shipwrecked. They shipwreck on this island called Malta. Um, When they get there, the people were kind to them, nice to them. They make a fire because it's cold and rainy. And a viper, a heat-sinking snake, affixes itself to Paul. It bites him. Thinking, watch me. It was going to take Paul out. Just like the weapons that have been formed against you, they thought they had you. But they didn't know, baby, you should have checked my chapter 14. I already beat this. So what happens? So what happens? What happens? I rebuke every evil spirit listening to me right now in the name of Jesus. Watch, watch. You hear? Snake bites him, fixes itself to him with the intent to kill him. Everybody's looking at him and they're expecting Paul to die. But what they didn't know is Paul, he's, he rules. He has authority. So even though they were like, oh, he's about to die. Here's what they told him. God's getting him for something he did. And there's some people who are looking at some of what you're going through and they're saying God's getting you for what you did. But what they don't understand is you a ruler. So while the, Paul is, while the, while the viper is on Paul's hand, Paul walks over to the fire. Why? I'm not scared of fire, I survived stoning. I'm not scared of your mama not liking me. I survive worse from better. I, I, I need, I'm, I'm not scared. I need you to elbow somebody. Say, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I'm not. You're not scared about somebody not wanting to be with your baby if you want to go. You're not scared of somebody not wanting to be your friend. Come on. So, Paul, he shakes it off into the fire. I got to move. He shakes it off into the fire. And they look at him. And they said, p- what? what? P- p- how'd you? Wait a minute. And the Bible says they changed their minds. <laughs> Can I tell you why he's got some people in your business? Because how you handle this is about to make them change them. Can I tell you why sometimes you feel like your life is on display? It's because he's about to make some people change their mind. God's about to get the glory out of your life. Open your mouth, and say, I rule. Say it again, I rule. Okay. I'm glad you went through it. You have authority over it. You can walk up to a sick person and say, in the name of Jesus, be." you can lay hands on yourself. Come on, say, I rule. Number number, number two, number two, number two, let's go. I'll teach it how I want to on Sunday. Number Number two, number two, number two, you reign, say I reign. Remember he says, and he shall reign forever and ever. Well, he reigns through us. To reign means to prevail. To prevail means there has to be resistance. It means there has to be something that you have to prevail over. So not only do you have authority, but watch me. Notice the weapon was still formed against Paul, the viper still bit him, but it didn't stop him. He prevailed. Because when you rule, you also reign. If I look at me, if I look at me, whatever you, anybody got some stuff going on right now that you're like, God, Jesus. Can I get you to lift both of your hands? Why? Because I'm about to change your perspective about it. Father, in the name of Jesus, change our perspectives tonight about what we're facing, about what we're dealing with, about our challenges. Change our perspectives that we need to go through this so we can see how much authority we have. We need to go through this, God, so that we can prevail. Open your mouth, say, and I will prevail. Let's go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Look, I gotta go. Then conquer. To conquer means to overcome weaknesses and be respected. To overcome a weakness, you have to confront a weakness. And then once you overcome your weakness, what happens? Then you're respected. We live in a culture now where people won't respect, but they they have no results. And to, watch me, to get respect and demand respect, you have to produce results. Say, I rule. I reign. I conquer. And you know the last one, subdue. To subdue, I taught you this earlier in the series, it means to quieten. That's a word you've probably never heard used before. It means to quieten. The scripture says this. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against me you shall condemn. Condemn there means quieting. It means he's going to let them raise their tongues against you. But then, because of how you handle it, he's going to shut up.com. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I need some of you to get ready. Because the thing that was bothering you for the first six months, in the second half, God's about to shut their mouth. Open your mouth say, quiet them, quiet. You wanna know who else is gonna quiet? You. What, what, what do you mean? He's going he's gonna to quiet your negativity. He's going to quiet your doubt. He's going to quiet your fear. He's going to quiet your anxiety. All of those thoughts you had in your head that you thought he didn't hear, he's going to quiet those thoughts. Everybody, shh. Bishop, what are you waiting on? I need you to not be uncomfortable when it's. Because some of you, when it's quiet, you start worrying because it feels wrong to not worry. <laughs> Say, I rule, I reign, I conquer, I subdue. Come on, I got seven minutes. We got to go. To reign, you must, what did I teach you on Sunday? Train. So God created a training center called the church. Matthew 16, 18. And also, I say to you, you are Peter. Peter was somebody God called out. God called out these 12 guys. He calls them out. They were all doing their family business, their family trade. And he calls them out. He says, come here. He says, you come here. You come here. And they drop everything they have because he says something to them they had always been wanting to hear. See, as Hebrew boys, they have been wanting to hear from a rabbi, which means teacher, which Jesus was. They said, we want to hear from him. We want to hear from a rabbi. Take my yoke upon you. Because that meant a rabbi was cuffing you. It meant, watch me, he was cuffing you to come with him. And watch me, and study under him. This is why you see all throughout the scriptures things like sons of the prophets and the school of the prophets. And John had disciples. You, you see this all throughout the Bible. And as Hebrew boys, they didn't want to be rappers. They didn't want to be ball players. Nothing against any of that. They said, I want to be a man of God. Because watch me, because that's who has authority. See, you may be on camera, but there was somebody behind the scenes that had the aff- All right, all right. Because watch me, the man of God would put kings into position, but he was greater than just a king in the natural sense because he was a king maker. So, so the, Hebrew, the Hebrew boys, Hebrew culture said, we want to be, be a man of God. So when Jesus comes to them and he says, come on, come follow me, why would they drop their business? what they were doing, they literally just drop it. They they drop it. Say drop it. They literally drop it, and they begin to follow him. They do this so easily because he was telling them, I'm about to bring you to my training center, and I'm cuffing you to come with me, and we're about to change the world. So what did he do? He called them out. What was Peter? A fisherman. What does Jesus call him out? He calls him out and says, you're about to fish for men. Matthew's a tax collector. He calls him out. He calls out Peter. He calls out James. He calls out John. He calls out Andrew. He calls out Nathaniel. He, He calls out all of these young men. They were, by the way, they were millennials. So for everybody that likes to to trash millennials and trash this and all that, I need you to learn how to speak life because Jesus changed the world with young men. Watch me. You're not too old. You're not too young. Lay your hands on yourself say, I'm just right. I, I rebuke you thinking you're too old for God to use you. I rebuke you thinking you're too young for God to use you. He changed the world with young men between the ages of 13 and 21. So look, he calls Peter out, just like he called you out. Why are you the one in your bloodline that serves? Why are you the one in your bloodline in church on a Wednesday? Why are you the one in your bloodline that despite everything you've been through, you still say, but I will bless the Lord. When? At all times. And what you're going to do? And his praise shall continually be in. me tell you why let me tell you why let me tell you why because he called you out he called you out he called you out he called you out and i say to you you are peter in other words he says i called you out and on this rock with called out people i will build my church church is not a building church is called out people so wherever we gather on facebook on youtube in this building wherever we gather we are the church check to me jesus never said please pay attention I will build the kingdom. Jesus says, I will build my church because the church is what expands and builds the kingdom. Uh Uh-uh, I need you to get that because you can't have one without the other. He did not say, I will build my kingdom because I put it in you. He says, but what I'm going to do is I will bring you to a training center called church, and then from that, it will expand the kingdom. In other words, it's going to bring what's in you out of you so you can change what's going on around you. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Hades is a Greek word for hell. Check this out. He says, watch me, when you're planted in church, hell can't prevail against you. This is why he doesn't want you planted. Why? Because if you're planted, he can't touch you. That's why he couldn't touch Paul because Paul was planted. That's why he couldn't touch the disciples. They were planted. And I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm planted. I... Psalm 92:13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. It didn't say there wasn't going to be some tough days, but it says you will flourish. It didn't say there's not going to be some moments where you want to holler and cuss everybody out, but but you will flourish. It didn't say there's not going to be some moments, watch me, where you even question if God is real. A faith that cannot be tested is a faith that should not be trusted. And proof that you love him is that even when you were tested, you came back to him. Somebody say, I know I love him, I know. I know I love him, baby, because I was tested, but watch me, but my faith did not let me fail. Let's go. I got to go. So on Sunday we learn church is supposed to constantly call you out of darkness into light. Every time every time every time we come, every time we gather on Sundays, on Wednesdays, on prayer, whenever we gather, the goal of church is not for you to leave without being called out. See, watch me. Watch me. The purpose of the message is not just to make you feel good. The purpose of the message is to make your life good. Because you're not going to be the type of Christian that just talks the talk. You're going to be the type of Christian that walks the walk. I I need you to fist bump somebody and say, you're going to have fruit. You're going to. Pick a different neighbor that when you tell them that, they rejoice. Go. Pick a different one that when you say that, they shout. Pick a different one that. Don't you let somebody that's cold around you shut you up or shut you down. You're about to have. Let's go. Constantly. Constantly. So the moment you get comfortable, the message is supposed to say, come here. You've been called out. Um, 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 I, I know we don't have this, but um, did anybody have like a, because it's hot, it's summertime. Nobody's going to have like, oh, you got a coat. Oh, come, come on. Oh, good. Let me have both of them. Both of them. All right, come here. Matter of fact, matter of fact come here, darling. You're going gonna to do it for me. Uh-huh. Right, come on, come on. Come on, come on. come on. Right, Here we go. Come on. All right, now watch me. Y'all ready? Now just put them on like how mamas be coming to school in their robes. Come on. <laughs> no, it's a robe, so now you don't put it all the way on. You got to put it around. You got to hold it together like this here. You gotta, there you go. There you go. You gotta, there you go. Okay, you got it. You got it. You got it. Now, now, watch me. Now, now, listen. You may not be able to relate to this, but did anybody, when you were coming up, your mother or father had to come to the schoolhouse? Only four of you. And watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Put the put the bonnet on her head. Reverend right I ain't gonna mess it up, Emma. it's okay? Okay, right, put it on the head, put it on the head. Put, put it on the head. Okay, just, uh, look. Because she mad that she got called in the middle of the day to come down there to figure out what's going on. What? Some of y'all can't relate, but it's okay, come on with me. Watch me, watch me. And if she come in there, and watch me, she gotta come to the principal's office. She's in the principal's office. And in the principal's office, in the principal's office, watch me. You, you sitting in there in the principal's office. And you ain't even scared of the principal. What you scared about is what's going on, right? Y'all have never had this happen over here? Okay. And look, and she got all kind of attitude. Watch me. And you got other students in the office. You got teachers in the office. Come on, be a teacher. You got teachers in the office. You got all of that. But watch me. But because she expected more, she calls you out in front of other... Christopher Michael Williams, what in the world do you... Everybody watch me. Everybody watch me. Every time you hear a message, God looking at you like, come on. We really still not forgiving? Come on. We really still not worshiping? Come on. We really still not praising? Come on. I'm calling you out of darkness into light. Let me say it another way. I'm calling you from who you were into who you should be. Why? Because Psalm 138, 8 says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. Let's break this verse down. We're almost done. The Lord will perfect that. Perfect is a Hebrew word, names of the Old Testament. It means Gamar. It means he's going to accomplish something in you. So to accomplish something in you, he calls you out. It means complete something in you. To complete something in you, he calls you out. Like, don't be mad that the message is, like, right here. That's proof he's not done with you. Can I tell you what hell is on earth? Romans 1 says hell is when he gives you over, let's go some old school folk, when he gives you over to your reprobate mind. When God gives you to yourself, that means he's done with you. But I'm so glad that he loves you enough that every time the word of God comes forth, he keeps calling you, calling you, calling you. Somebody say, he's calling me out. That's how you know he's not through with you. That which concerns me, watch me, he will accomplish something, he will complete something, he will transition, watch me, he will train. The Lord will train that which concerns me. Your mercy, O oh Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Now notice, I got him still up here, because when you're called out, you feel like you're the only one. How many people do you ever feel like you're the only one dealing with unforgiveness? Or you're the only one dealing with an issue? You're the only one got crazy family, only one got crazy friends, only one halfway crazy. Listen. Don't speak that over yourself. Listen. Watch me. You're not the only one, but when he's calling you out, You feel like you're the only one. So watch me. When he's calling you out, the enemy will try to say he's forsaken you. If you don't open your mouth, he will try to to say, listen, because you're being called out, you're the only one he's got up here. And here's what you're thinking. But what about her? What about her? What about him? And what about her? And what about him? And God says, listen, I'm not dealing with them right now. You better work your own salvation out. I'm their God and I'm your God and you don't tell me how to be God. So, so, so watch me. You'll feel forsaken. So what does the psalmist say? Do not forsake the work of your hands. Check this out. Church keeps us from feeling forsaken. Why? Because you are sitting next to, you are streaming with somebody that while you feel like you're the only one got called out. Watch me. He's got another one that he called out to. And one of the reasons I have you encourage each other so much in church is because while you sitting there thinking, oh my God, this word is talking to me, the person next to you saying, oh my God, this word is talking to me, oh my God, I gotta go home, oh my God, I gotta go text, oh my God, I gotta do, oh my God, I need you to open your mouth and say, I am not forsaken. I-. But you feel that way, and then many will try to make you think that you're that way. Which is why, watch me, once he calls you out, here's what the enemy wants you to do. Isolate yourself. Don't come to church. Don't stream. Don't, don't do nothing. Just turn the lights off. Sit in the house. With the temperature on 55. And, and think about how good life could be. Instead of recognizing he's already made it good. And it's about to get better. How do I know? He called me. Say, he called me out. So, look, I'm almost done. So, Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church. Church is a training center to expand the kingdom. So, question, what are you building? If he said he's going to build this, his church, what are you building? Could it be, watch me, that the reason you have so many struggles in what you're trying to build Is because you're wanting God to build what you're building, but you're not building what he's building. So let's build what Jesus is building. How do we do it? Here it is. We're closing. You ready? Luke 14, 23. Go into the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. Hear me, as we are emerging from this pandemic. Hear me, Denver. The house needs to be full. Come on, as we are emerging from this pandemic. To my digital streamers, the streams need to be full. The pod, if you paid attention to the numbers, you saw that the numbers have increased. Why? Because God. Watch me. You, when I say share, people get saved. When I say invite, people's lives are changed. If you're not building what He's building, what are you building? I can't focus on church right now. I'm building my family. Good luck. Why can't you do both? Why not bring your family to church and y'all build the church? I can't focus on church right now. I got a new relationship. Okay, good luck. If that relationship's keeping you from God, it's not God. If they're trying to keep you from God, they are not God. That's the D-E-V-I-L and you better tell them you ain't taking me there. And I'm just working on them. Well, let them work it out before you date them. I'm, all right, listen. 82% of people said they're likely to attend if invited. I don't know if they asked people in Denver, but they but this, what they that's what they said though is <laughs> <It's eight. laughs> Come on. Let's go. They're likely to attend if invited. Watch me. And everybody's included. Nobody's excluded. Can I tell you what, what um what grieves God is that you want the blood to cover you. But if you look at somebody else's issue, you want to condemn them and throw them down and condemn them to hell and say, God ain't in that, ain't with that. But what about your own stuff that he ain't in and with? I need to check the building and make sure there's some grateful people in here that if it had not been for his goodness and his mercy, you would not be here today. Baby, you ain't here because you've been good. You're here because he's been. Say everybody's included. Nobody's excluded. But, we, but, but some Christians, I'm done. Their, their, their Christianity is based off a sense of moral superiority. I don't do that, but you do this though. I told him they need to stop that. Okay, but you need to stop your lying. I told him they need to stop that. You need to stop your judgmental. Ha- Ooh. Mm. Because you're rebellious what do you think you, you think because they work on an issue but you don't listen to nobody you think that that's better than that you think that there's levels to this you think that you're better because you don't sin the way they sin watch me we are all watch me we are the righteousness of God which means we said sin less it does not mean we're sinless and I don't know about you but I need him and you need him too Watch me. You need him like a fish need water. Let's go. You need him like hoggin need dogs. You need him like Ben need Jerry's. You need him like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich needs that good white wonder bread. Ah! You can't put it on wheat. Listen. <laughs> Defeats the purpose. This is... Just have a salad then. Listen. I, Bishop, I can't invite people. Watch me. Or Bishop, I, I'm not ready. I I'm I'm not ready. I'm I'm not ready. I'm scared. I'm scared. Well, Jacob was a cheater. Okay. Watch uh, me. Uh Uh, Peter was fickle, David was a murderer, Noah was a drunk, Jonah was a runner, Paul was a murderer, Gideon was insecure, Miriam was a gossip, Martha was a warrior. Thomas was a doubter, Elijah was suicidal, Moses stuttered, Abraham was old, Eutychus was young, and Lazarus was dead. I'm trying to figure out what are you waiting on? Open your mouth, say let's build it. Say let's build what Jesus is building. I believe many souls are about to come to Jesus, many lives are about to be changed. Why? Because you're a builder. Elbow somebody say you're a builder. High five somebody say you're a builder. Lay your hands on yourself say I'm a builder. We are the church, so we don't just go to harvest. That's it. we are. So let's do our name. The America's opening back up. Businesses are opening back up. School's about to open back up. Your job been open. They made sure you had that computer at the house. Listen. Watch me. Watch me. Let's build what Jesus is building. Because when we build this, he expands the kingdom. To kind of get everybody with me where, right where you're at in the building or online, lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm a builder. I'm a builder. Say it again I'm a, I'm a builder. Your mistakes don't disqualify you, what you're still working through doesn't disqualify you. Hmm. I just gave you a list of names. Put them up. I gave you a list of names so that you could see everybody that God used had an issue. But they ruled. They reigned. They conquered. And they subdued. Say, Lord, use me for your glory. I will do it. Use me, Lord. Can I just get you to take 30 seconds right where you're at to worship the Lord. Why? That in the second half of this year, not only will it be better than the first half, but you're going to be a better builder. You're going to be a better builder. You're going to be a better builder. God desires to use you. He desires to use your gifts. He desires to use your talents. He desires to use your skills. He desires to use your ability. You're not too white. You're not too black. You're not too tall. You're not too short. You're not too this. You're not too that. You are exactly what he's looking for. You are exactly what he wants. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, in this building and online, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, it's your time to do it. Secondly, if you need to recommit yourself to the Lord, this is your time. Come to him. Recommit yourself to him. And thirdly, if you like, Mr. Foreman, I don't know where things stand with the Lord, but I want to be sure tonight, be sure tonight, no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. See, we come to him as we are, but listen, church, we don't stay that way. Why? Because he's going to keep calling you out. And I'm so, let me say this, I'm so proud of your progress. Digital, I'm so proud of your progress. YouTube, I'm so proud of your progress. Facebook, I'm so proud of your progress. Harvest Channel, I'm so proud. Say, I'm becoming... You become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. On the count of three, just throw your hand up in the building online. Do the hand wave emoji or say, it's me. One, two, three. Wherever you're at in this building, hands up. I see you. God bless you. Online, do the hand wave emoji or say, it's me. Hallelujah. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. Because of this belief and because of this confession, If this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. If I wasn't sure, I'm sure now. You love me, and I'm a builder of what you're building. This church is how the kingdom expands in arts and entertainment. Come on, say it with me. Y'all say in business. In education, in family, in government, in spirituality, and in media. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord, can I get you to take out your cell phone and text the word right there on the screen? Or, guess what?
2: There's a QR code. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time? Or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word DECISION to the number 877-552-4746. And we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you. In the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life.
0: We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts.